Welcome to the Backyard Bouquet Podcast, where stories bloom from local flower fields and home gardens. I'm your host, Jennifer Galizia of The Flowering Farmhouse. I'm a backyard gardener turned flower farmer located in Hood River, Oregon. Join us for heartfelt journeys shared by flower farmers and backyard gardeners. Each episode is like a vibrant garden, cultivating wisdom and joy through flowers. From growing your own backyard garden to supporting your local flower farmer, the Backyard Bouquet is your fertile ground for heartwarming tales and expert cut flower growing advice. All right, flower friends, grab your gardening gloves, garden snips, or your favorite vase because it's time to let your backyard bloom. Today's guest on the Backyard Bouquet podcast is none other than my friend, Marin Mathis from the Farmhouse Flower Farm. Marin is a flower farmer in Stanwood, Washington. She's probably most well-known for her incredible dahlia field and, of course, her amazing sweet peas. I've actually been fortunate to visit Marin and her farm, both when her sweet peas and dahlias have both been in full bloom. Each one of them are an amazing sight to see. Besides growing cut flowers, Marin is also a cut flower educator and the queen of growing sweet peas. Today, we're going to be chatting all things sweet peas, including Marin's sweet pea school, growing tips, seed sale, and we'll hopefully get a sneak peek at what's in store for her upcoming book that's all about growing sweet peas. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Marin over the last four years, and I'm so honored to have her joining us today for our fourth episode of the Backyard Bouquet podcast. Please join me in welcoming Marin to today's chat. Hello, my friend. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Congratulations on the new podcast. Thank you. Thanks for agreeing to be a guest so early on in the show. I know everyone is going to be so excited to hear from you today. So thanks for being here. <laughs> thanks for having me. This is fun. So I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that most of my guest listeners have heard who you are or a little bit about you. I'm sure that most people in the flower world know of the Farmhouse Flower Farm. But for those that are new here, can you please give a little bit of a background on yourself and your journey into flower farming? Sure. Uh, so I worked in um, IT. I actually wrote interface coding um, in my, I call it my BFF life, my before flower farming life um, for a healthcare provider here in the Pacific Northwest for 21 years. So straight out of high school, uh, started working for them. And I sat in a cubicle all day and I just, I wasn't, it didn't feed my soul. And so we took that opportunity uh, when Finn, Farmer Finn was born to um, just to kind of do a reset. And I, through a, a course of a series of events, I discovered flower farming and I just knew from the get-go that that's what I wanted to do. I was just completely, um, I don't want to say obsessed with, you know, those beautiful flower photos that you see online. But I was just like, this is what I want to do. And so we lived in a neighborhood and we had always had a vegetable garden and that kind of thing. But I had never grown cut flowers before. And when I put my mind to something like I'm 100% in, 150% in actually, in 100 miles an hour. Um, so we just decided uh, one night that we were going to 
my, you know, my husband was like, go for it. If this is what you want to do, let's do it. And so we just decided that, um, we were going to, you know, put both feet in and here we go. And so in 2018, um, I started, you know, my, our flower farm and here we are. And it's just, it's grown and blossomed, pardon the pun, um, every year. And it's just become <laughs> something that I never, <laughs> I never would have imagined in a million years. Um, but I'm so grateful. Uh, it was very nerve wracking leaving corporate America and that steady paycheck. Um, but looking back, I just, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. It, flower farming has fed my soul in a way that I never would have imagined in a million years. And um, just seeing the power of flowers when you're handing somebody that bouquet or, you know, the inspiration, um, you know, when you're, you know, there, people are growing your seeds or, you know, just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's an amazing thing. It's been an amazing thing for our family and um, just, yeah, it's just been incredible to be, to watch this dream come true. Well, your flowers are a gift to the world and the way you share oh. them with all of us <laughs> is you. something so, so special. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for people to hear more about you as a flower farmer and as a person. And I would love to know, do you have a favorite flower? <laughs> uh, sweet peas um, have my heart. So, um, you know, I think the, the seed for me for sweet peas was actually planted um, when I was a little girl. Um, my grandma loved sweet peas. And so I remember sitting on her lap as a little, little child, um, you know, and she would tell me, you know, about sweet peas and talk about flowers and that kind of thing. But it never really, I mean, I remember that now looking back, but it, I, to be honest with you, it didn't like, you know, st stick with me all those years until I started growing flowers. And of course, you know, sweet peas, obviously we're at the top of that list and I never until I grew them for myself I didn't understand just the you know how much power there is in that flower and how much emotion there is in that flower and so they have really had my heart from the very start just because you know every time I see them I remember my grandma and um it's just it, they're so I mean I'm crying talking about them they're just such an emotional flower oh. so many people have these you know amazing memories of you know gardening as a child or their grandmother's garden or you know um one of my most memorable experiences as a flower farmer was uh about sweet peas and it was actually one of my first bouquets that i ever i gave it away it was to um an elderly lady and she had just lost her husband. And so I gave her a bouquet mm -hmm. of sweet peas and she just, she buried her nose in them and she just immediately started to cry, which, you know, of course I started to cry and she raised her head and she was just tears streaming down her face. And she just says, you brought him back to me. And little did I know Aww. is that she gardened for years and her husband had actually built her a garden and she grew sweet peas in them. And for that moment in time, as she was burying her nose in them, she forgot, you know, everything that was going on around her. And she remembered that time with them together. And so that is the magic of flowers. You know, it's not, it's way more than beautiful photos. It's way more than, you know, getting lost in the moment and all of those kinds of things. It's so much more than that um, for me. And so sweet peas, like I said, have had my heart from the very start. 
and just every season I get more and more and more enamored with them and I can't get enough of them. Um, it's just my sweet pea patch is my, it's my, um, it's my classroom. It's my sanctuary. It's, you know, where I learn, it's where I grow. It's where, um, you know, this year has just been an incredible, um, grieving process, losing my grandma earlier this year. And, um, yeah, they're just, they're just an amazing flower that I'm kind of on this mission that if I can get sweet peas in every garden <laughs> that there is, you know, there could never be, in, you know, too many sweet peas in the world. They're just incredibly magical. Um, you know, I think people view them kind of as a, um, you know, oh, sweet peas, you know, sometimes, and they're just so much more than that. Um, so yeah, so sweet peas, hands down, sweet peas and dahlias, don't tell the dahlias, <laughs> but sweet peas and dahlias, I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> They, they have my heart. So. Oh, it's a good thing. They bloom at different times. I'm so I know, sorry right? for the loss of your grandmother. Thank you. Um, I know how much your grandmother meant to you and how influence, influential she was in your life. Um, yeah. I love that you still have something that can connect you to her. I think one yeah. of the things that's so special about flowers, like you just said, is those connections that it's almost like this way that we can hold on to someone or bring back those memories and remind ourselves that they're always with us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, yeah, it's, I honestly have felt her with me. I mean, this has been our biggest sweet pea season. Um, yeah. And I think we'll talk about that <laughs> in a few minutes, but um, absolutely, she has been with me every step of the way, every step of the way. This, like I said, hands down has been the biggest year for sweet peas for us. It's been the biggest project that we've worked on. Um, and I feel like, you know, she was, you know, watching over, watching over me the whole entire, whole entire way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been very, it's, there's been a lot of grief, but at the same time, there's been a lot of healing as well. So, um, yeah, she's still with us. <laughs> so, um, oh, I love so that what I'm, doing, I'm doing for her. So, Oh, I'm sure she is smiling down on you and just so proud. Now, you have a special name for your grandma, don't you? Mamo. <laughs> so that's kind of the story with my grandparents' names. Um, so we have very, or our family comes from Ohio and Kentucky. And in the South, there's, you know, you a lot of people call their grandparents Mamma and Papa. Well, I went back there when I was just a little tiny, tiny thing. And um I, I put my own spin on it. And so it was Mamo and Popo and it kind of stuck. So I'm the oldest grandchild on both sides. And so, um, yeah, so we, every, all of the grandkids on both sides of my family call our grandparents Mamo and Popo. So it's kind of, it's a fun, it's a fun um, name that we have for them. Um, so, and my grandparents on both sides were both married for over 65 years. And so that's where we actually have our first Dahlia that's coming out this year that I've named Mamo and Popo. So that, that'll be really exciting um, because it's, it's after them. They belong together. And um, yeah, so that'll be fun. I love that. I had a chance to see that Dahlia and it's gorgeous. I think I've seen <laughs> it actually you. twice in your field because I think you first, it was a first or second year seedling the first time I got to visit you. That was a second year seedling when you saw it for the first time. And then this year was year four. So we're going that's on. It's amazing. Year five. It's very yeah. beautiful. Thank I you. love that your first, this is your first Dahlia that's coming out to the world. Yeah. First Dahlia is coming out into the world. So 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> and am I saying it right? Mamo and? Mamo and Popo. Pa- yeah. Mamo Popo. and Popo. I love it. Yeah. Kind of like the police, you know, people call the Popo. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, I love it. <laughs> mean, yeah. Popo to me doesn't mean the police. It actually means my grandpa. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so cute. Now, does Farmer Finn also call it the same? Mamo yeah. and Popo? Mamo and Popo. Yeah. Well, Aww. he doesn't. So, yeah, my my mom and dad have different. They're not Mamo and Popo. Mamo and Popo are strictly my grandparents. Um, so that hasn't translated to, you know, their grandparents. But, yeah. So they know who, you know, Mamo and Popo are, um, you know, and got to meet them and all sorts of stuff. So that was fun. If I'm not mistaken, the boys got to go with you a year ago? To see your mamo and popo or your mamo and deliver yeah. some sweet peas? Yeah, so that was that was so special. Um, we it was in July of last year. And um, yeah, we took sweet peas on the plane. So it was the boys were loaded up with sweet peas. We gave the flight attendant sweet peas. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And we took, you know, huge bouquets of sweet peas on the plane with us, and um, she actually got to uh, you know, smell our flowers and stuff. So that was the hardest part, I think, was her being so far away that she didn't really get to experience this in person. She didn't really get, she didn't get to see the farm in person. And so that was fun for us to be able to bring the farm to her. Um, so she was able to see it in pictures, but um, she was never able to see it in person. And so, um, so that was really a lot of fun for, you know, me and the boys to be able to, you know, bring her bring her sweet peas from the farm. So that was really special. I love that you traveled with the flowers. Um, I have traveled one, well, I've traveled a couple times with flowers and the first few times I never had any troubles with TSA. And then the last time I traveled with flowers, they searched my bouquet of flowers. Like I was trying to confiscate something and I'm thinking, you're going to destroy my pretty petals. Don't touch them. And then yeah. the TSA agent, when he's done inspecting it, hands it back to me. It's 4.30 in the morning. And he says, you know, this bouquet would be a lot better with calla lilies in it. And it was no like full way. of my dahlias. And I was just heartbroken. I'm like, it's 4.30 in the morning and I'm traveling to see family. And you're telling me that my bouquet is terrible. And I said, well, thanks. I grew all of them myself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. To, so to get through TSA, so so many people have asked me about that. So to get through TSA... So we took a mason jar with water Uh all the way up into TSA. Then you have to dump the water out. We had to lay the bouquet flat, put it on the tray, get it through the x-ray thing or whatever. Um, And then as soon as you're done with TSA, I had to fill the glass with water again and then put the flowers back in it. And then that's, that's how we traveled with them. But yeah, it's, it's quite the process. I mean, they have to go through screening and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I sat, I sat right on the aisle seat you know, with my huge bouquet of flowers in my lap the whole entire, <laughs> the whole entire flight, but it was so worth it. It was so worth it. I wouldn't change it for, for a second. I love it. I bet everyone loved sitting next to you and they could smell the sweet peas. Well, I was worried that somebody was going to be bothered with the scent because, you know, I mean, sweet peas have an incredible fragrance. So I was nervous about that, but luckily, <laughs> luckily that didn't happen. So that was, that was good. That was good. But yeah, it, it was good. It was a lot of fun. She was really surprised and she absolutely loved them. So it was it was definitely a full circle moment 
you know, to, you know, go from being a kid and, you know, and then being able to, you know, give her a bouquet of sweet peas after all those years. So that's so special. And you don't just grow a few sweet peas. How many sweet peas do you grow? <laughs> uh, so last year we grew 20,000, 20,000 sweet peas. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. 20,000. And, um, this year we're on, you know, we're kind of on the same track for 20 to 22,000. So yeah, I, I go big or go home is, <laughs> is my motto. So you can never have too many sweet peas in my opinion. Um, but especially for the project that I was working on, we had to have all sorts of different types, types of sweet peas this year. So. Well, I feel so fortunate that I got to see your sweet peas this summer. It was row after row after row after row of heavenly sweet peas. It was just like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, well, it's fun for me to see like through other people's eyes. And I'm not going to say that I get immune to it because I don't. Because every time I walk out to the sweet pea patch, it's just, it, it's my happy place. But to see it through somebody else's eyes and just, you know, watch them walk through, you know, the rows and in wonder and just, it, I, that just, I can't even put that feeling into words, you know, I just watching somebody else experience it for the first time. Um, even if you've grown sweet peas before, or, you know, just to see 20,000 plants, you know, all together in one space, um, it's, it's a pretty magical thing. It's, it's incredible. I last year grew two rows of sweet peas, which I thought was a lot until seeing your farm and how many you have. And I don't have space for any more. I wish I did because the smell and just the sight when they're all in bloom is so magical. Did you start with a lot of sweet peas or how did you get started with your sweet peas? So we started, so my first season of flower farming in 2018, we started with a row, about a row and a half of, um, and our rows at that time were, I think, 50 feet long. That was before we moved to this farm. Um, and I want to say, you know, I, I knew what I was doing, but honestly, it was beginner, <laughs> it was beginner's luck my first season. But I put my sweet peas on the farthest row uh, of our field and, or our little growing space that we had. It was my first season was in the middle of vacant land. We lived in a 28 foot travel trailer. I mean, we went, you know, all, all in on this place. So, um, it was on the far end and they got morning sun until about one to two in the afternoon. And then they were given the shelter of the afternoon shade from the heat. And we were still, I was still harvesting sweet peas in October. And I didn't realize that that was, oh my goodness, you know, that was exceptional, right? Like I was, I was wearing a scarf in the fall, harvesting sweet peas on an, on top of an orchard ladder because they were almost 12 feet tall. And it was just kind of that secret sauce. Um, you know, basically my first season and ever since then, it's just been, you know, I can't get enough information about them. I, you know, want to try more. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, um, you know, how can I be more successful? That kind of thing. And just sharing my love with them. Uh, love of them with other people. Um, and so I got so many questions about, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? And that's where my Sweet Pea School workshops kind of originated from. So many people were asking me questions about them. And I'm like, okay, when I first started flower farming, I think that's the beauty of this journey, right? Is 
is sometimes life can take an unexpected twist. And when I first started, you know, I had this, you know, envision in my mind, like I wanted to do farmer's markets. I wanted to do weddings. I wanted to do all these things. I never once thought about teaching. Um, and the opportunity presented itself and I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. And I find I get such an energy from teaching other people about my love of flowers, about sweet peas, how they can grow sweet peas. I mean, just all of it. It's just, it's, it's such invigorating for me or so invigorating for me that, um, I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. And so that translated, you know, sweet pea school, uh, we've had people attend from 26 different countries from all over the world. Wow. And it's just been this amazing thing to be a part of, uh, just the love of sweet peas. Um, you know, and sharing the love of sweet peas and just seeing so many people excited about these, you know, flowers that have been around for honestly hundreds of years. Um, and they're just so relatable. They're so emotional, but they're so relatable at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people think that they're very high maintenance and in all actuality, they aren't. It's just, there's very specific things and, you know, some little tips and tricks that I've learned along the way, um, that can, you know, really make you more successful in growing sweet peas in your own gardens. And it's just kind of, caught on and um you've joined me for my sweet pea school workshop uh, a few years back and it's just it's I been have. a lot of fun to see kind of it just kind of grow and and spread so yeah well as a past student i can say you are a great teacher before <laughs> taking your class i um planted a row of 50 feet of sweet peas but little did i know you don't plant them in late june early july and I had a very unsuccessful first year with them and I had lots of pests and I think I, I think my longest stem was maybe like four inches long. It wasn't a very long cuttable stem. And then I saw, well, I knew you already, but I saw that you were offering the sweet pea course online. So I took your class and then I decided to plant a lot more sweet peas. A lot more for me was, I think I had about 400 plants, which was about two rows. And Good start, I had a lot of sweet peas that year and I had a great yeah. success thanks to your class. <laughs> so I hear that you're teaching some more classes this year. Is that correct? Yes. We, so my next workshop will be on Saturday, the 20th. It's at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. So tickets are available on our uh, website. And the beauty about it is it's Zoom. So no matter where people are in the world, they can attend. And um, we talk everything from start to finish. It's about a two-hour workshop. And then um, start to finish about what you need, you know, to know about growing great sweet peas and how you can be more successful. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of people uh, don't realize that sweet peas like it cold. And so the earlier that you can start them and there's different, you know, combinations like, you know, people live in warmer zones, cooler zones, that kind of thing. So if you really tailor it to your specific growing zone, there are definitely different um, ways that you can be more successful in growing your sweet peas for sure. And your course is live, right? It's not a pre-recorded yeah. class. Live access, it's very interactive. We do a Q&A, so we do, you know, people put their questions in the chat, and then at the very end of the class, I go through and I answer everybody's questions. I don't want, my goal with the Sweet Pea School Workshop is I don't want anybody to leave with having any unanswered questions. And I want people to know that this is way more than a workshop to me. This, I want I want you to be successful in growing Sweet Peas. Um, so if they have any questions along the way, 
you know, I am here to answer them. It's not just, you know, here's my workshop, watch it, you know, attend it. And then you're on your own. You know, if it's, I'm still there for you after the fact. So, you know, during the season, if you have any questions and, you know, or concerns or if something's come up and it just doesn't look right, like, you know, I'm there to answer any of that. So it's, it's, for me, it's way more, it's, it's kind of my mission in life. I feel like, you know, to have people be more successful, more sweet peas in the world, all of that kind of stuff, sharing my joy and the beauty of flowers with others. Um, so it's, it's way more to me than just, you know, just that workshop. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and I've actually, you know, become friends with a lot of uh, my sweet pea school uh, attendees throughout the years. So that's great. I love that it's live and interactive so that people do get to engage with you and ask those questions. I think that's a huge benefit of the class that you offer. So for those listening that are newer to Sweet Peas, if they're thinking about signing up for your class, who would be a good person to attend your class? Uh, So my workshop is for everyone from your cut flower farmer that wants to, you know, learn how to harvest seed or grow for seed or is, you know, struggling with stem length, your backyard gardener that is, you know, looking for something to, um, you know, just kind of uh, up there, up there, you know, flower game or their backyard or, you know, something like that. I mean, it's for everyone. So, um, you know, whether you're looking to, you know, put posies in your roadside stand or whether you're just looking for, you know, a, a different flower that you haven't grown before that, you know, you want to add to your landscape. Um, it's for everyone. Um, it just, if you love flowers, I'd love to have you. So it's, it covers all the basis. Like I said, from start to finish, we cover different types of sweet peas, the history of sweet peas. I mean, all the way to harvesting seed and all of that kind of stuff. So I take you, like I said, the course is two hours. Usually it lasts about two and a half with the Q and a, so it's jam packed full of information about everything you need to know uh, about growing sweet peas. So it's for not just for flower farmers, it's just for flower lovers in general. Perfect. So anyone who has any interest in sweet peas, whether they are a beginner or a flower farmer, should consider joining your course. How Absolutely. can they sign up for your class? Uh, so the class tickets are available on our website, uh, thefarmhouseflowerfarm.com. Um, under the sweet pea tab, it's the first option there. Uh, just It's called Sweet Pea School. You can purchase your tickets there. And then um, the night before class, I send out a, um, a PDF about what we're going to go through. Uh, over the course, and then they can register for the Zoom. And um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's really easy, uh, really fun. Um, it's nice to be able to see, you know, faces of people that are, you know, attending and reach more people. Um, but it's, yeah, it's very, very interactive. It's it's a lot more than, you know, just signing up for a course and, and just watching it. It's, it's very interactive. I try to make it fun and interactive for everybody. I love it. I will provide a link also in today's show notes so people can click straight over to your website and check out the Sweet Pea class. You have been growing sweet peas for a while now. Are Mm -hmm. there any struggles or challenges that you have experienced with growing sweet peas? Or has it all been just smooth sailing for you? 
I don't think flower farming is ever smooth sailing, ever. There's If you're not growing and you're not l- learning along the way, I, yeah. Um, honestly, there's a difference. Uh, it's funny because there's the teacher in me that knows that things are going to be okay. And then there's the grower in me that still has that like, ooh, are they going to be all right? Or, you know, um, so just... For example, I mean, I know sweet peas like it cold. I know they can take a frost. I know they can take a freeze. Um, but we had, so I had a greenhouse full of seedlings. And we have an, I had keep all of my sweet peas in an unheated greenhouse. And it got down to 16 degrees. And they were, fro- I went out there and they were frozen rock solid. So the plants, I mean, they were literally crunchy. The soil was completely frozen. They were frozen in their trays. Um, so this should tell you how tough sweet peas are. Um, and I've learned over the years, you know, my first season, I was like, Oh, the little bitty babies. And then, you know, as, as time has gone on, um, I'm like, come on girls. I mean, you, you want, you want beef cakes in the garden when you're dealing with sweet peas, like you want rugby players. Um, you don't want your plants to be long and lean. Um, so when I walked out into the greenhouse to check on the plants and it had been 16 degrees overnight, I mean, I was just like, (gasps) you know, the grower in me had that instant like panic. The teacher in me knows that they're going to be okay. So for example, like I said, they were frozen rock solid within two to three hours of the sun coming out in the morning. They were right as rain, completely unthawed. And you would have never known that they were frozen solid. So that, tells you the resiliency of sweet peas. So as the years have gone on, you know, I mean, now when they freeze, I don't panic. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think, oh, I'm going to lose them all. It's just, I think as long, you know, the more that you do this, the more that you experience, you know, um, different, you know, like we had a heat wave a couple years ago where, it, you know, it was a hundred and I think it was like 106 in our sweet pea patch. And I thought for sure they were done for, um, you know, they, they struggled a little bit, uh, but um, they, you know, they bounce back. So it's just, you know, you learn, I think every year you learn a little bit, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and you experience, you know, you experience them in a different way and experiment with them in a different way. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and I don't, I honestly don't view, uh, the failures as failures. They're all learning experiences, no matter whether it's sweet peas oh, I love or that. whether it's different cut flowers, it's all a learning experience and you take, you you take that experience, you learn from it and you, you know, you just keep going. Um, that's part of, that's part of growing. I love that. That's such a great reminder for all of us that, um, there's always something new to learn mother nature and being outside with the flowers. Yeah. There's always something new to learn. I know my first year, I think we became friends because I reached out to you so many times. I would send you a message. You were my 4 a.m. buddy that I could send a voice message to and be like, what am I doing? What did I do? And I've gained some confidence over the years, but I've still, there's so many lessons that I learned that I I think for those that are starting out, um, and let's just maybe keep it for sweet peas, someone that's starting out with sweet peas, what is one reminder for them that would be helpful as they're getting going? As they're getting going, um, keep them cool. I think it's easy when you, when you are starting out, 
um, you know, it's that nurturing within us, right? Like we want to nurture, we want to grow and sweet peas like it cool. I think the number one mistake that people make when starting their sweet peas is they start them too warm and they don't give them enough light. And that those two things in combination um, can really hurt you in the long run. So sweet peas germinate between 50 to 55 degrees. So don't put them on a heat mat. Don't, you know, don't make sure that they're in an 80 degree temperature, um, that kind of thing. If you start them warm, it's, it's gonna, yeah, it, that's the number one thing. They'll just bolt. And then, you know, once they get long and lanky like that, it's really hard for them to recover if at all. So start them cool and, um, remember that they're tough. And, um, there are not like a lot of flowers that, you know, we start on, you know, flower farms. Um, they're, they like it cool. So that would be my number one, number one piece of advice for people that are just starting out is, you know, don't baby them. Um, they are tough. I, that sounds like my kind of flower. There's so many things to do that if you could not have to baby something that yes, sounds amazing. Exactly. I mean, 50 to 55 degrees, once they germinate, once those little snake heads pop through the soil, I put them out into my unheated greenhouse and they grow cold. And that's what they like the best. Um, they will respond to that very, very well. They will grow slower at those cooler temps, but they, when grown cold, sweet peas are more successful when they are started at the right time and they're started at the right temperature versus started too warm and then you have to recover from that. Um, they just, they like it cool. So remember that with, with sweet peas and you'll have way more success in the long run. So keep it cool. Keep it cool. <laughs> <laughs> New saying for 2024. When do you start harvesting flowers from your sweet peas? So flowers will start blooming for us towards the end of June. Uh, and all through July, then we, they start setting seed in August. Um, so sweet peas don't like generally temps above 80 degrees. Um, so, and I actually very rare, unless it's for photos, very rarely, just because we grow for, you know, for seed, um, very rarely cut my sweet peas. And so, yeah, we'll start getting blooms, like I said, end of June. Um, and then depending on if they're an early flowering variety or not, if it's an early flowering variety, we could get flowers in May. It just depends um, on oh, you know, wow. the variety, um, just because they require less hours of sunlight to induce the bloom cycle uh, versus, you know, other varieties as well. But usually June through August is a really safe bet. And then September is really, you know, all about seed. And, you know, there's some that will still, you know, continue to bloom, but the more you cut them, the more they grow. So if you if you let them set seed, then you know your plants will start to kind of you know fade quicker than those that if you're still cutting them and you're still harvesting those flowers, they're still rejuvenating, they're still growing, they're still doing their thing. So it's just it depends on your temperatures. Um, you know, if you get really high heat, then they might you know start to kind of peter out a little bit towards the end of the season. But usually June through August. 
That, that's a nice long season, right in time for the dahlias to start blooming. I know. The most, my favorite part of the season is when, you know, there's still sweet peas, but then there's the first dahlias. And then it's like, ah, it's that, you know, moment where, you know, my two loves combine. And um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty awesome time of the season. Short lived, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. My sweet peas have never made it to dahlia season. So I'm envious. I would love to see them in a bouquet together. So you said you let your sweet peas go to seed. What do you do with those seeds? We actually sell the seeds. So we harvest all the seeds and then we sell seed uh, on our website. So we have a rainbow of um, kind of known for the sweet pea rainbow now, um, but we have a rainbow of colors and varieties available on our website. Um, our seed sale this year will be on January 25th. Uh, so we have all of our varieties are on our website uh, that we'll have available for sale. And then, um, yeah, we grow most of them. Most of them are for seed. And you have this massive team that helps you harvest the seeds and pack them up and ship them out, right? Uh, <laughs> it's us. <laughs> it's us. I mean, we're truly a small family farm. I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So we literally will sit at our dining room table at night and we package sweet pea seeds as a family. I mean, Farmer Finn, I'm sure you guys have seen the videos on Instagram where he's, you know, counting to 10 and putting the sweet pea seeds in the packets. So, um, no, we do not have a team uh, for shipping. And we have like, our, you know, our big launches and stuff. We'll bring in, you know, family and friends and stuff. They, they help us. But, yeah, it is truly a small family farm in every sense of the word. So um, there's a lot of pride and a lot of love that goes into every packet that's sent out of, you know, whether it's sweet pea seeds, um, you know, other seeds that we grow here on the farm or dahlia tubers, um, all of that. It's just, there's, there's a lot of love and a lot of time that's gone into everything that we send out. I was completely kidding because I know how hard you work. I've seen the photos of you sitting at your dining room table sorting seeds with the boys. And yeah. I think it's just so amazing because one, it's awesome that you do it as a family, but the life skills and the dedication that you're showing those boys is really amazing. I mean, I've been to your farm. I've seen them. Your boys have pride in the field and the farm. And I mean, Farmer Finn, he's how old now? He's seven. Yeah. He's, seven. He's seven and, and he makes he, his own bouquets and harvests. Yeah. So he, I mean, he tells me all the time that he's going to take over the family business. And I think that's the, the beauty of this too, is, you know, when we got into flower farming, we wanted to do something as a family and, you know, to show our kids like, you know, digging in the dirt and hard work and all of that. Um, and it's just, it's become something way bigger and more special than we could have ever imagined. And, you know, yeah, we do. We sit there as a family. We do this as a family. Um, Farmer Finn especially has taken a liking to flower farming. Um, you know, he's done little tutorials on dividing dahlia tubers and planting daffodil bulbs and all sorts of stuff. Um, but I mean, he makes bouquets. He harvests all of his flowers. So when he makes a bouquet, he harvests all the flowers and um, makes the bouquet and arrangements and they sell out every weekend in our farm stand every time every time I mean it's just Aww. he is so proud of those bouquets and puts so much love and effort into them it's just it's so heartwarming just to see 
you know, your kids finding so much joy and, you know, and stuff and sharing the beauty of flowers with others as well. So it's not just us. It's just, it's, you know, our, it's our whole entire family. I love it. You are literally planting the seeds of the future generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no yeah, pun intended. Literally, there. Literally. <laughs> so I wish I could do arranged marriages and set them up with my daughter. They could be the future flower <laughs> farmers together. They got, they got along really well when Olivia was up here. They had a lot of fun. I mean, they were running around this farm, like, you know, all over the place. You and I were out in the Dahlia field and they were just, you know, being farm kids. It was a lot of fun to see. Yes. Olivia came home and decided that she was going to start helping with the breeding and she made her own little list of the plants that she's going to cross pollinate this year. So it's really fun to see. No, I mean, so there's been times where I've, uh, you know, Farmer Finn has picked something that he likes, like in our Dahlia seedling patch where he's picked something that, you know, I necessarily didn't think, you know, it didn't really catch my eye, but it caught his eye. And so he has his own little, you know, his own little um, selections and stuff that he's made. So that's, it's been a lot of fun, um, you know, just teaching them and um, seeing, you know, what they gravitate towards and what colors, you know, speak to them and, you know, who they are and, um, you know, uh, just becoming, you know, little men, you know, kind of thing. So it's, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. That's so fun. And did I see that farmer Finn has his own Dahlia also? Yeah. Yeah. He has his own Dahlia. He's been, oh, he's been eyeing the seedling patch. Just, he walks down, walks down the rows and, you know, and stuff. And so finally he picked one that, you know, he loved. So we do, we have a farmer Finn, uh, this year it was its third year. So it'll be going into its fourth year. Um, this coming season. So that'll be, that'll be fun to see um, as we, you know, grow stock of that one. But so many people, I posted about it on social media and so many people were like, I want it, I want it. So it, it might be a while before we have enough, <laughs> enough stock to sell on that one. Cause I think it's going to sell out like hotcakes. <laughs> I think that's one of the hardest things as I've started my own seedling patch too. And mine will be going into its third year this next year. And it takes a while to build up the stock. It's not like you can just grow a flower and release it to the world the next year. No, it's, it starts out as a seed the first, as you know, the first year. And then, you know, Dahlia genetics are very, very interesting. And the more I do this and the more I, you know, work with them and experience them. I mean, there's so much that can change. The reason you can't, or you shouldn't, I should say, sell a seedling in its first or second year is those genetics can change as the years go on. So I've actually seen beautiful seedlings the first and second year totally change the third year and be completely different than it was in year one and year two. So you don't want to put something out there on the market that's going to be, you know, changing. You want to make sure that those varieties that you're selling are stable and, you know, that they are, you know, year after year going to be the exact same flower that you would expect. So it takes four years for a variety to, you know, you should wait four years before you sell a variety. So it, it takes a while. Um, lots of observation, lots of, you know, nurturing and all of that kind of stuff. But in the end, it's totally worth it in the long run. But yeah, four years is kind of the magic number. Yeah, I had a third year seedling that I had been excited about. It was kind of this like light lavender ball 
It was great the first year. Second year, it was still looking good. I chucked one plant because it was open centered, but the others weren't. This year, third year, I had grown it out. So I had 15 plants. Every single one of them, every single bloom had blown its center. So I tossed Mm -hmm. all of them. And here I thought I had this great seedling that I've nurtured for now three seasons. And every one of them was composted this year. Yeah, there's that's the hard part about um, growing dahlias from from seed and um, you know hybridizing and that kind of stuff is that you know you can put all of that time and energy into it to getting it through you know two seasons and then on the third season um, you know it changes and it either blows its center or you know it turns into a I mean they're the coloring is completely different than it was, you know, the first two seasons. Um, so yeah, you just want to make sure that those genetics stay stable, but, um, it's a lot of fun. I, I can't every year I want to grow more and more and more seedlings just to see what comes out of it. Cause you just, you don't know. I mean, you could take two parents and what comes out of that is just you, some of the combinations I'm like, Whoa, that's pretty wild, you know? And some of them you can see, who the parents are. And some of them, I'm just like, wow, where did that come from? I mean, it's beautiful, but where did that come from? So it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like Christmas morning, walking through the seedling patch, seeing (laughs) what's going to pop up and what's going to bloom. I know. I'm like a little kid, just like you said at Christmas. And I spend way too much time in the summer walking the seedling patch thinking, okay, what bloomed today? Is there, what's going to be next? And I see that bud forming and it's like, okay, what color is it going to be? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's fun. Anything that's fluorescent yellow or, um, I hate to even say this, but purple is out. So as soon as I see that bud starting to crack and if it's, you know, any of those colors, like I'm pulling it. Um, so one of the things with our seedling patches, I don't pinch them. I don't pinch our seedlings just because I want to see what that bloom's going to be. Um, and then, you know, then I allow it once it kind of makes the cut. The, with the first bloom that I just kind of let it, you know, kind of do its thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun seeing, you know, what combinations come out of, come out of things. So, so if you haven't grown dahlias from seed, I know you're totally in this call. I know you're totally in this camp, but if you haven't grown dahlias from seed before, you totally need to, <laughs> you'll be addicted in no time. So speaking of seeds, are you selling your dahlia seeds this year? We are, we are. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, our dahlia seeds will be available on the 25th and, uh, we have a field of 8,000 dahlias. So we've got (laughs) lots of seed to share. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. That's no easy feat either. I mean, when you sort the dahlia seeds, it takes so long. I mean, I know our listeners can't see, but behind us or behind me right now on the screen I have my remaining dahlias to still sort from this summer and it's, it's time consuming. Yeah. I mean, just because every seed within that pod, even though it's in the same pod can produce a completely different flower. So it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, you know, different than tubers, whereas tubers are the same as, you know, the actual parent plant seeds are completely different, even within the same, same pod. Um, but yeah, it's very time consuming and making sure that all of the seeds are viable. Um, you know, that some, 
some pods don't produce a lot of seeds, some produce a ton. So there's the more you do it, the, it's interesting just to see the different um, the different variables that you know kind of go into play when you know collecting seed too. So um, open pollinated, you know varieties uh, or open centered varieties, I should say, you know definitely produce way more seed you know, then your varieties that don't have open centers. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. So we do both open pollinated and then I hand pollinate some of our crosses as well. Speaking of hybridizing, have you ever <laughs> considered or are you already hybridizing sweet peas? It's on the agenda. Let's just put it that way. So I had the um, privilege of visiting with Roger Parsons, um, in England two years ago now. And he showed me, uh, how to hybridize sweet peas. And so, um, this year it just wasn't in the cards. There was just so much, so much going on. Um, so this next year, you think dahlias take a long time to hybridize sweet peas take a really long time to hybridize. I mean, there's been some varieties that have been released that, you know, they've been working on for over 10 years. So, um, you know, for every sweet pea, new sweet pea variety that you see out there, there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes, again, with genetics and, um, you know, just making sure that, you know, everything stays stable and, um, yeah, just scent and fragrance and vigor and all of those kinds of things. But yeah, that was one of the, one of the coolest things that I've experienced as a flower farmer was honestly, I mean, as a sweet pea lover and an avid sweet pea grower, uh, was meeting Roger and, um, yeah, and being able to walk through, in fact, my first sweet pea that I smelt in 2022 was actually in his, in his sweet pea patch. So that was, that was pretty special. So, um, That's amazing. So, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Do what you remember out. what variety that was? No, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, it was orange. I don't remember what variety it was, but I was so, um, just enamored with the fact that of where I was and just that I was actually there and, you know, meeting him and, and stuff. It was a really special experience for me um, that I was just, I was trying to take it all in, but then it was one of those, you know, flower celebrity moments where I was just like, oh, you know, there he is standing right in front of me, you know, kind of thing. So that was, that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I do not remember what variety it was. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish I did. I just remember who I was with. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was, um, you know, my friend Nicole and Roger and I, and that was it. And it, so it was just this once in a lifetime experience of being able to just, you know, ask him any question that I wanted and, um, you know, talk to him about sweet peas and, um, you know, really just kind of pick his brain. Um, and see, you know, how he does it. And um, it was just an amazing experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life. So um, yeah, very, very cool. That's an awesome opportunity that you had. Well, I know I've taken a lot of your time today. There's one thing that we haven't talked about yet, though, that I would <laughs> love to hear more about. And I think that everyone else that's listening also is dying to know more about your sweet pea book. You're writing a book. Um, that's another, that's, that's why this year was like the biggest sweet pea season that I think we've ever had is just because this is the biggest project 
that I've ever taken on. And, um, you know, again, when I started flower farming, a book was not even on my radar ever. And the more workshops that I taught and the more people that I talked to, you know, uh, I had quite a few students actually ask me, have you ever thought about writing a book? And it just kind of planted that seed in me. Um, I keep saying that, but it's kind of the, <laughs> it's a good analogy. Um, but it just kind of planted that seed within me and, you know, it terrified me, but at the same time it was, and it was pushing me so far out of my comfort zone, but at the same time was so exciting. And I feel like I have so much passion about this flower and just, um, the response I get to sweet bee school and just sweet bees in general has just been so amazing that I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And, um, so I put together a book proposal and met with some publishers and, um, yeah, I'm so excited and blessed to be working with Chronicle Books. And, uh, yeah, so my book will be coming out in March of 2025. Um, I just finished writing my manuscript about a month ago and it's all about Sweet Bee. So this year has been about, um, writing, photographing, documenting everything about, about sweet peas. So, um, 2024 is the year of sweet peas, <laughs> 2024 and 2025. Um, I would love to see tons of sweet peas out there and the more I can share about them. Um, you know, I feel like it's, um, it's a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, so March of 2025, uh, the book will be out and I cannot wait to share it with everyone. So it's going to be really, really exciting. I'm so excited to see it. And <laughs> You have been involved from start to finish on this book. You have yeah. written it's, it's the script. Really been, yeah, it's been a labor of love, let me tell you. And um, writer's block is a real thing. Like I, I could talk about Sweet Peas all day long. I feel like, you know, it's just so much to share, you know, all of that. But then writing about it is a completely different, completely different animal. Um, so yeah, it's a real thing. But it's, um, yeah, it, I cannot wait to see it come to life and um, yeah, just to be able to share it with everyone is going to be going to be an amazing, amazing experience. So, so March of 2025. Well, I'm so excited to see it and I can't wait for when you have more details about when we can buy the book and where it's going to be available. So maybe we can have you back on well, I might have to ask you to come back a couple times because I'd love to continue our conversation about growing dahlias a little bit more as well. But I know we're all going to be really excited to hear more details about the book when it's available. So I would love to have you back. Oh, I would love to come back. Thank you. It would be, be so fun, fun to chat with you more. Um, before we go, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with today? Uh, just get growing, just do it. Um, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, there's so much beauty in the experience and so many, I think for me, so many life lessons that I've learned, um, in flower farming in general, um, that, you know, I think it's so scary to make that change from, you know, corporate America to flower farming. Um, but if you love it, that 
passion and energy will show through in what you're doing and you know grow what you love grow what you know brings you joy because again that joy is going to you know i mean sweet peas i love them to pieces but there's so much energy that you know i get through them and i think that's one of the things you know that uh people have gravitated towards as well is that i'm so passionate about them and i you know i just i just want to share so much about them and all about them that you know it's just it's contagious so what brings you joy i mean it, it for you it's the dahlias for somebody else it might be you know another cut flower what brings you joy um when it brings you joy it's gonna it's gonna change your life um so do what makes you happy you don't have to do weddings. You don't have to do farmer's markets. You don't have to do all those things. If you want to do those things, that's great. If that's what brings you joy and if, if that's what you love, but do what you love. Don't be afraid to get started. Don't be afraid to, you know, if things don't go right the first time, don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep going. Just keep growing. Just keep trying. That's my, <laughs> that's my piece of advice. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm, I love it. That is fabulous advice. So, all right, flower friends, listen to Marin. Get going. Get growing those flowers and grow what you love. I love that advice that you just gave all of us. I was going to end there, but I just realized that I forgot to ask you a really important question. I know that everyone is probably listening to the very end of this call because they are waiting to hear your favorite sweet pea varieties. Can you share oh, goodness. three to five of your must-grow varieties? Or maybe yes. maybe even how about this? What are the top three to five varieties that people should look for on your seed sale? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. King's Ransom. That's the one that everybody wants because it's super hard to find. It is the that one, one is stunning. Oh, it is one of the most beautiful sweet peas that I've ever seen. I mean, the color is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It starts out like this creamy, creamy peach and then morphs into um, kind of like this cranberry coral then goes into like this dusty rose and ends up this smoky purple it's this i've never seen anything like it it is the most incredible sweet pea honestly it's just it's so put that one at the top of your list um i know that when i went to your farm this summer i kept sneaking back in your greenhouse to take a <laughs> peek at that because it was so beautiful i just it was just mesmerizing. It reminds me of like a bearded iris, just like the way the colors kind of flow through. It was, it's stunning. It's on my wish it's list. It's so stunning. Yeah, it's so stunning. I cannot get enough of that one. Um, it, you know, it's so funny because I knew that people would want seed of it because it's so hard to get. So I cut very few flowers of that. I cut maybe one, two handfuls and we grew over... 400 plants of it this year 
and that's as wow. little as because I I knew that people would want seed, and so we we have a good amount of seed to sell. Um, but yeah, it's it it hands down will be the first one to go at the seed sale. Um, my next favorite is probably Castle Wellen. Um, I absolutely love the color on that one. Really long stems. It's a really light, blushy peach. Um, beautiful, huge flowers, great fragrance. Love that one. And it goes with so many different color palettes too. I mean, it can go with, with blush. It can go with white. It can, you know, be a bridge color to get your oranges and your creams to match. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, blue shift is, we call it the tie dye flower, uh, here on the farm. The boys think it looks like tie dye, which it kind of does. Um, it, morphs from I mean no two flowers are the same so it it's purple magenta all sorts of different shades of blue it's just it's absolutely stunning that one was bred by Dr. Keith Hammett and um it's just an abs it's it's just a it's a color shifter for sure um just absolutely gorgeous um so yeah so those three for sure next on my list bix i gotta have bix on my list she's just mm. so beautiful one of the most stunning blush varieties that you could possibly grow i grew her my first season and um have grown her every season since um just really long stems so if you're looking for cut flowers uh if you're going to do wedding work anything like that put bix at the top of your list oh man there's so many good ones jen um, I don't know how you can go wrong with any sweet pea, really. I know. I know. It's like, pick it, it, you know, when people are like, what's your favorite? I mean, what's your favorite Dahlia? Oh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I would say those four would definitely be at the top of my list, but there's so many good ones. Like, I just, I don't know which one I feel like I'm, <laughs> I hate to pick favorites. Um, I, there's so many good ones. Emma, Wild Swan. I mean, it just depends on the color that you're looking for. Um, Susan Burgess, um, Clementine Kiss. There's, I mean, there's so many good ones. So I gave you more than five. But yes, there's so many good ones. And, you know, sweet peas come in every single color other than other than yellow. Um, so yeah, it just depends on your color preference too. And some people are looking for fragrance. Some people aren't looking for fragrance. Some want long stems. Um, you know, some people are growing them for cuts, some people are just growing in their garden. So there's all sorts of different, different variables, um, to look at when, you know, growing sweet peas, but yes, those would be, those would be my top ones, um, to look for, for our seed sale and more to be continued that I grew this year that are absolute favorites that I can't wait to share more of. Oh boy. So we look forward <laughs> stay to those. Tuned. Um, my lap. Yeah. We will. My last guest on the podcast was Paul from Apple Core Farms. And I love what he said to me when I asked him what his favorite flower is. He told me his favorite flower is the flower that he last saw in the garden. Oh, and I think that I could be that. so true for your sweet peas because so when I was walking through your garden, your sweet pea patch, everyone I looked at, I go, oh, I love that one. There's not a single one that you were growing that I wouldn't be thrilled to have growing up a trellis in my garden. So um, I think that as people are looking at your sweet pea sale, because you mentioned King's Ransom is going to go quickly. And yes. we know how seed sales go when something's in uh -huh. high demand. <laughs> I would suggest to everyone listening that if that one sells out, buy whatever sweet pea 
is still left and you will not be disappointed because they really are magical. They And you have poured your heart into these seeds. I have grown your seeds. I know they grow well. I've had excellent germination from them. And you just put so much out there to this community that I can't wait to support your seed sale coming up. So thank you for all that you have done to grow the flower community. So it's been so fun chatting with you today. It's been fun chatting with you too. Some nice little girl time. (laughs) I know it's been too long. Well, I would, would love to have you back again sometime if you would come join us on the podcast again. Absolutely. I'd love to come back. I'd love to come back. Thanks, Marin. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. I know you have a lot of sweet pea seed sowing and things to do to get ready for your sweet pea sale. So (laughs) we will say goodbye until next time. Yeah. If anybody out there has any spare time and wants to come help me sow 20,000 seeds, (laughs) come on up. You might be careful. You might get a few volunteers coming, which actually (laughs) I've got one last question for you. For those that want to come help you sow seeds or just follow your journey and support you as your book launches, how can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. We are the Farmhouse Flower Farm. We're on Facebook. Also, our website is thefarmhouseflowerfarm.com. Perfect. Thank you again for your time today. As always, it's lovely chatting with you. And we will chat again soon. Happy gardening. Happy gardening. Thank you, flower friends, for joining us on another episode of The Backyard Bouquet. I hope you've enjoyed the inspiring stories and valuable gardening insights we've shared today. Whether you're cultivating your own backyard blooms or supporting your local flower farmer, you're contributing to the local flower movement, and we're so happy to have you growing with us. If you'd like to stay connected and continue this blossoming journey with local flowers, don't forget to subscribe to The Backyard Bouquet podcast. I'd be so grateful if you would take a moment to leave us a review of this episode. And finally, please share this episode with your garden friends. Until next time, keep growing, keep blooming, and remember that every bouquet starts right here in the backyard.